This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm joined today, as I am every week, by Nathan Salt. Rich, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. And on today's podcast, of course, Nathan, we're going to be looking back at the weekend draw with Sutton and then that win against Barnet on Tuesday night. We're recording this on the Wednesday, so we've had time to dissect all that happened there. And I hope you've got another uh, blast from the race course pass to look at as well. And, of course, there'll be details later on in this pod about a, a special guest coming up, maybe. We might have to tease that one a bit. But, Nathan, I was almost thinking that there's another feature to be had called What's the point? Uh, every time Wrexham draw, what is the point? And the nil-nil draw with Sutton, on paper, we did say, you know, before the game, it probably would have been a good result to take. And, you know, we were at least a lot more open and engineering than we were in that goalless draw with Hartlepool. And you've got to say, particularly after what happened on Tuesday night, that it really was a point gained rather than two dropped against Sutton. I think that was the that was the point after the Sutton game is that there was people that were a little bit disappointed we didn't maybe nick it we obviously had that Kelleher chance but really it was all going to come down to Tuesday it would be a good point if we won on Tuesday and if we didn't win it was a poor point so I mean I can't complain I did predict four points on the last pod Rich um, so I don't want to say I'm the oracle but you know that is what I'm saying I can't uh, even remember forward. what I said you but. said three points. Okay, so you said yeah. you, you predicted one win out of. So we we were there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, yeah I think it was it was a good point. You know, Sutton could have gone top of the league that day. We've got a pretty rubbish record on the telly. I was actually quite worried because yeah, I was thinking I about this. Particularly when it went to BT Sport. When was the last time Wrexham have played well on TV? I remember there was Cheltenham at home when Wes York scored in the ninety third or fourth minute um, after a goalkeeper. Blunder, I think, or was it Blaine Hudson head back? I can't remember. And then there was Boreham <laughs> Woods in an early kickoff. I yeah, was at the game. A few, but we, we've had but a few, I, but we've had also a few shockers on TV. Yeah, but and I also um, feel but, like every time we play away from home on the TV, we don't win. So it was good just to see. I mean, you feel sorry for any neutral who put on BT Sport expecting De Classico and got De Sutton nil nil against Wrexham because. I mean, you know. yeah, the colours. It was it was the it was the yellows v reds on the on that day on Saturday. But uh, and I was remember I was I was watching Wrexham while all my colleagues were watching De Classica, and yeah, so and say they they got the better end of the bargain. I think I'm not sure how you are with this, Nathan. If you're listening as well to this, you're probably the same. Like whenever Wrexham are on TV, I always try and urge people to watch them. I'm like, come on, watch Wrexham. We're good. I promise you, we, we play some nice football. 
And God, I'm glad my friends didn't take me up on that offer on Saturday because wow, my 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 brownie points would have been non-existent. It was it was a tough watch, but like you said, there were positives to take. And I guess the the, the thing that was acceptable this time was that we were expecting it to be a bit gritty. And yeah, yeah, it was a game Keller that... should have scored. Keller should have scored. I think I think Dean said after himself, you know, that was. That Do you was think so though? Because you... I, I get what you're saying that you know maybe a striker in a top league does that, but. This is non-league. This is a centre back. You know, it would have been it's a hell of a technique. Yeah, it's a centre back. I think. I think if that falls to say an inform Kwame Thomas or Dior Angus, I think that's that's got a, a decent. I think that's a really good opportunity. I or if it falls to Luke well, Young, he probably controls it, runs uh, thirty yards back, yeah. and then hits it in. He I, didn't score from to, inside the box. Just so. on Luke Young, I, I don't think Luke Young knows how to score a tap in. I don't know if it's just in his DNA or something. But that boy can't seem to do anything but score absolute worldies yeah I, I mean, tweeted before we skip ahead to night, Tuesday yeah. night you know yeah I said I he mean, was the Pedro just... Mendes of non-league because that Pedro Portsmouth, Mendes because he just only seemed to score screamers and yeah I love you, Pedro Mendes I enjoyed know, that one that's what I don't, I don't get I mean I'd love to ask Luke himself like, why does he score these I mean is it because he doesn't take on chances anywhere else on the pitch anyway that, that it's just like probability but his the actual thing that staggers me about Luke Young we could easily try clipping that uh, that Clip Wrexham have been tweeting themselves, you know, that Dean Keats says about everyone loving Luke Young. But, uh, you know, the thing about him is he's got such a good conversion rate as well. Like, he always seems to be, not, he never seems to be off the mark, really. He seems to get very close to goal, if not on target, almost every time he does have a shot. And he strikes the ball. I think he's probably the cleanest striker we've got in the entire squad. He just hits it so clean, you know. Top, it's like an arrow that he fires. Um, so you know, if Luke, if let's uh, say Luke Shaw for a second, if Luke Young, um, you know, it's going to take up a different sport. Archery might be for him, Rich, because uh, I mean, Tuesday night, you know, that wasn't that was a brilliant goal, but it might not even make his top five, top six goals for Wrexham. Yeah, and, you know, we said already that he scored some absolute belters, but that one on Tuesday, just to kind of gloss over the Sutton result, so to speak, that. Was a really really good finish. You know you can't lie. It's a lovely layoff on the edge of the box in the top corner. It's Scott Loach in the goals has got absolutely no chance. Yeah, we said you know that this podcast has to come as two really because the Sutton game, you know it it lives with the Barnet game. You know you've got to look at them both together. They really do come mm. as, a, as a couple in, totally. in, in in the season. So I think I'm apologise for listening. Oh, you saying there's no structure to this. You don't need structure. I mean, Reds no, are too structured structure. at the moment. You know <laughs> the, the, the one complaint is we're too structured. So we've got to go maybe a bit loosey goosey on that. And if you look <laughs> at the way, you know, yeah, like you said. I mean, it was last week's podcast. We were saying, "What's your favourite Luke Young goal?" And we both said Dagenham, but still Dagenham, it, yeah. Yeah, and, but the thing what I loved about that Luke Young goal against Barnet again, it was similar to the one that he scored um, against Wildston. I always say it wrong. Sorry. Now so we did get we did get a tweet about this, and I think it was Wildston. Wildston, yeah. Who I cares? think so. We'll if they're, if they're listening yeah. and they're offended, <laughs> what are you doing with your spare time? But. Um, <laughs> The the thing about that the t- last two Luke Young goals has been the sort of composure and the build up to them because, yeah, like I said, real nice. one of Young's best traits and the things which sort of group most of his goals together are the fact that they are just these thunder bastards out of nowhere. You know, they come in and he just launches Wrexham into the lead out of nowhere on a day where we've got no creativity. But the last two, yeah, they've been like moments of magic or whatever, but they seem a bit more. I guess not. Oh, they're controlled. They're, they're controlled. You know what I mean. I think that he knows exactly where he's placing that. I think it's yeah. kind of power and placement. You know, the one 
uh, it was slightly frustrating. I mean, I was obviously delighted Wrexham scored and Luke Young scored. I was actually dishing up uh, a casserole as uh, as as he hit the back of the net. So I was reliant on the replay. But you know, not complaining. Uh, I ate a lovely meal and Wrexham scored. So I can't complain, Rich. But um, yeah, one of the best things about that goal was the the Barnet camera behind the goal, not directly behind the goal. It was yeah, they slightly had that one. off it was, on the post. Yeah, it was a lovely, a lovely angle that of the, was, of the I finish. Think, you know, just, I think yeah. the racecourse ground might have to adopt one similar soon because. Uh, yeah, that was perfect. I actually thought the Barnet stream wasn't too bad to be honest. Yeah, I, I went in with price. any low expectations. Yeah, twelve was it twelve fifty twelve ninety nine something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, that, I, I went in thinking whenever it's over ten pound now, I'm expecting a little bit more. I mean, their pre-match was. You know, the interviews with their players. I think, to be honest, I think Aldershot was the best one I've seen. That was, a, you know, pundits, real in-depth. I think it was hours, maybe two hours pre-match coverage. I mean, that was extensive. Sort of giving it Super Sunday run for its money. That was Super Sunday run for its money. But yeah. uh, no, Barnet was fine. I thought Barnet was okay. Yeah, like I said, I think when we win, the price paid does become a bit easier to take. But if we'd, if we'd lost a draw, I would have been pretty pissed off that I'd pay twelve hundred fifty <laughs> yeah. to watch that because, you know, particularly at this time where we, you know, I know that I know clubs are losing money and we're we we are in that privileged position that other clubs maybe aren't in, um, and that was before the takeover as well. You know, we're well run club, we're a club who doesn't amass debts and. You know, you've got to appreciate that other clubs maybe need really do need that money, but in the current climate, twelve pound fifty seems it seems really steep, particularly for a, a fifth tier match. And of you know, it was it was a low tier match for the fifth tier, but thankfully it was lit up by by two goals. Um, every time you see a Wrexham lineup, you can basically predict the uh, the tweets which follow. Where's Jarvis? Where's Redmond? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of frustration at the moment about Jarvis. I was particularly frustrated. I mean, I texted you straight away about. I say frustrated. I was just very much confused by having Layton on there. Now I get now this was clarified to me on Twitter that I get that Dibble went down in the previous game. We didn't have a keeper on the bench, and you know there was concern that if he hadn't been able to carry on, you know we would have had to probably chuck Mark Carrington in there or, or Kelleher or somebody. Okay, that's my other question. My other question, which I was going to ask anyway, um, hypothetical, We, if we go into a game, I know Keats, um, and I remember they said they said in the BT commentary as well that Danny Cowley, when he was at Braintree and when he was at Lincoln, um, because there's only five subs in non-league, he said there was never any point having a goalkeeper because so often, like, unless you're really unlucky, you, you're never going to really need to use that subkeeper. It's Obviously, true. it's yeah, Wrexham, true. and we always have the bad luck, so... It really was a situation that almost presented itself at Gander Green Lane. But hypothetically, Wrexham are playing, keeper goes down injured, we've got no one on the bench. Who do you bring on? Outfield player, who would you put in goal? Do you go Cara? I think you go Carrington. He just seems to be able to do anything that we ask him to do. He seems to be able to play anywhere. Um, so I think, you know, I think Carrington, but at the same time, I want size in the goal. So, I mean, do I go Vassell or Kelleher, somebody like that? I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Well, Kelleher surely must have practiced with his brother, but his brother's the goalkeeper. But surely they still took it in turns about who goes in goal. 
Surely, does having a good goalkeeper brother make you a good goalkeeper? I don't think it does. I mean, my brother can speak fluent Japanese. It's not rubbed off on me, so <laughs> it's probably a bit of a stretch to presume that. But well, you know, I, Wrexham's Japanese fan club, that's not going to get started. Or I, my little nephew, Louis, does have this season's away shirt, which I shipped to Love Japan. That. Um, Love that. He is the first member of the Osaka Reds, I believe. Um, the Osaka Reds, I love that. Yeah, and the good, when I bought him the, my, the shirt, my brother was like, why have you bought him a Wrexham shirt? He doesn't want to be tarnished with that. But now we're Hollywood, you know? You know, he did, little did little did little Louie know. Yeah, and no, he, he was, was not he was path. not named after Louis Malt, despite... Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Despite my... Louis era. meets Louis. When Louis met Louis, God, and get Louis for in there. God, <laughs> Trident, who knows, but uh, yeah. See, I, worryingly, I thought of Louis Walsh there as my first thought, instead of Malt, so that's quite concerning. Louis Walsh is your go-to Louis. I think yeah, that was, that was very concerning. I'm, I'm quite worried, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm quite worried. Uh, moving, move concerned. on, Rich. Yeah, let's move on move, swiftly move on, from please, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so k- Keeper, I don't know. But it's interesting, you know, uh, particularly when it's, what, like I said, what Danny Cowley said. And I think Keats is of the same sort of um, background, you know, that you only get five subs in non-league. Yeah. I sti- personally, I still don't know why it's not seven subs. But if you can't fulfil that, you just take five anyway. Because we've seen that in, yeah. in other competitions across the globe, particularly since the pandemic, you know, Benches have increased everywhere in every competition, even if the amount of subs used hasn't. And surely in non-league, I mean, every team's got youth academies and at least a couple of youngsters they could they could put in yeah. there. Why on earth is there not seven subs in the national league? I know other teams aren't as fortunate as us, but it would be it would just solve the problem straight away. And if a team can't fulfil seven subs, then that's no punishment. They can still have five yeah. as they're coping with I, now. I, but I, there I should think be option for seven. Wrexham would have been caught out quite a few times. If you think about it over the season, we obviously had worst-case scenario was Bromley, where um, Layton obviously went off to hospital and you know later got that video message that uh, from Ryan Reynolds, wishing him all the best. Um, but you know we would have been caught out there. We potentially could have been caught out the other day, and so you know it is a bit of a worry not having a keeper on there. But like I say, I understand Keats and Cowley. I get you know that. In their mind, it takes something unfortunate to happen to a goalkeeper to to rule them out. But yeah, you, you've got to look at Carrington. I'd say uh, Kelleher. I bet there'd be somebody that would surprise you as well. Kind of. Uh, we well, don't know, do you? I guess you don't like, know who nah. in their childhood might have fancied playing there. And the other thing yeah. is, like, when you're growing up, it's so often the case in these youth leagues and stuff that the best player has to go in goal because he's so much better than everyone else. So maybe yeah, someone who yeah. is really technically gifted um, might have had to do so. You know, I mean, maybe it's Devonte Redmond's call. Maybe that's his role <laughs> in the squad because maybe. he was so highly rated at United. And you know, whenever I vague, I mean, the weird thing is my crossover is a lot of my sort of people who who follow me, or whatever, are United fans. So whenever I tweet something Rex and whatever, it gets a mixed response. But loads of United fans do message and say like, "Why is Devonte Redmond not playing for for Wrexham? Because this is a kid who, when he was at Man United. He was he, Marcus Rashford said he was the best player in that in their youth yeah. team, and that's a youth team which has Dean Henderson in it. You know, it has Marcus Rashford, had Twanzebe. You know, it's it's a bloody good setup that. Uh, oh yeah, that, that oh, class yeah. of twenty fifteen, I think, or whatever it was. So, um, really interesting. I think, got, I think we've got a Devonte Redmond corner on this pod. You know, just every yeah, week we just trying to figure I, out like where, I say, I just where see he him. is. And I think sub sub goalkeeper <laughs> might have to be as a. His call, maybe. you know, maybe third but choice at the moment, but but back to the Barnet game, the so the Luke Young goal was great. I mean, you know, it was just a really nice. The Durrell goal I thought was absolutely superb. I mean, that was a great hit, bottom corner keeper had absolutely no chance. 
and it really came out of the blue. But it reminded me a bit, you know, Durrell's come up with some big contributions. It was away at where was it Hartlepool earlier this season, where yeah. he came up with a big I, contribution. I it reminded me of one of his first goals he scored for Wrexham when he joined in the anniversary season. I can't, maybe it wasn't one of his first goals. Sorry, because. That's my. I've got my years wrong or whatever. Because he joined from Hensford, didn't he? But hmm. I remember something quite similar, and it was just it was it was just good to see him just you know have that confidence. Maybe that's not something he's had. The fact that we already yeah. had the lead, and maybe he knew he was playing against inferior opposition. No offense to Barnet, but they've been leaking goals you know all season. Yeah, they're, so. they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. And I get, and there was lots of outcry, well, not outcry per se, but you know on social media, loads of us fans saying, and again, you know. You can see why. Just why weren't Wrexham just absolutely just going for, going just for the kill really? And it's it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because when we're sat at home, and we're watching it, and we've paid our twelve pound fifty. You want to be entertained. You want to see Wrexham go, you know, for the jugular and just kill the game off. But then, if they risk not winning the game, Dean Keats knows the knives are out, and he's already not the most popular man in Wrexham. And if Wrexham were to somehow not beat that Barnet side it really would have been alarm bells ringing and a huge step backwards after a good week. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I say, every time we draw or lose, there's people that are sharpening the knives for Dean. Um, and he knows that as well. But at the same time, you know, he's... I saw an interview today in the leader that he was saying, you know, trying to urge a bit of calm, people to calm down, you know, don't get carried away with where we are in the playoffs. But it's inevitable. It's football rich. One, one week we're happy, one week we're sad. That's part of the fun. Um, you know, this kind of idea that we're going to pump the brakes you know, through to the end of the season and then we'll unleash all our emotions. It's just not going to happen. We're really um, fickle, aren't we? That's what you're telling we me. We are. That's what, that's what we are, Rich. Um, and, and, you know, we're taking ownership on that, which is the main thing. Uh, One of the things that got yeah. me about the Barnet game, that was th- I, I don't know if you think, I didn't actually text you this, but I was thinking, I'm getting quite obsessed with this uh, nose strip that Jamie Record is wearing. I wonder if he's just going to keep wearing it now. Do you, think, do you think it's got some secret powers in it? Because I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's playing pretty well, and I assume his nose is now fine. I really don't, well, he I had that no nosebleed, idea. didn't he, against Sutton, which looked nasty. But yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I've never. I mean, I, I, was, I don't know. I've never really suffered a nose injury. I think I broke. Well, no, I'm about to say that and say I've never suffered that a nose be, injury, but yeah. I broke it as a kid. I think it <laughs> yeah, is no. a bit disshaped at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert on that, but. Maybe no, it's got secret powers, who knows. Um, in terms of the selection, we had Vassell back. Um, yeah, Hall Johnson was Hall on the Johnson bench, on the bench. Well, slightly concerning. Um, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Because it seemed, you know, particularly because he's so good going forward, I don't get why he didn't start, but maybe that is just fitness and managing it. And then again, yeah. we have won without having to start him, so maybe Keats deserves credit for that. Um, yeah, like I said, 100%. every decision that Keats makes, we seem to always find fault with it, don't we? And yeah, it's time he deserves some respect. No, he, yeah, fair play. You know, I think he got it right. I thought Jordan Davis looked good. He looked like he had some confidence back. You know, against a side that, like you said, maybe similar to Durrell, he just knew that they weren't quite up to it. Davis had that chance early on where he spun on the edge of the box and 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 forced a good save out of Loach. Thought he looked good. I thought it was just nice to see the players playing with a bit of freedom. You know, it always takes that goal to just relax them. Yeah, um, like it does a lot of teams, you know. But I thought it was just a, a good win going into the Weymouth. Yeah, and of course, um, Davis had that chance at Sutton as well, didn't he? Quite late on, where he sort of drove at the defence and oh, was it first half? Maybe it was I can't quite remember actually, but I remember 
God, it probably was first half. The winds are a blur, Rich. Yeah. The winds are a blur. It was just such an extravaganza of football that it was hard to remember all the highlights from Gandhi. Pretty <laughs> lame. But, you know, he's looked, looked okay because obviously we criticised him a few weeks back, but he's looking, like I said, confident again. I think that really has been a, a big contribution to this turnaround in form. But a question which I wanted to ask you, and again, if you're listening, please do tweet us and, and let us know what you think, is just if you had to rate Keats out of 10 at the moment, what would you give him? Because if you do look at the bigger picture and the fact that we survived on points per game when the season was curtailed a year ago, we're now looking quite solid and steady for the playoffs, if not a playoff eliminator or whatever. I was even looking at the table last night thinking, you know what, we could win the league still. I mean, maybe that's me just getting carried away. But obviously I did not ever expect it. But the season, you know, every league we're in non-league... Every every league we're in the league, every year that we're in the league, I look at the table and think, God, there's there's twenty three crap teams here and we're one of them. But if we can just find that consistency, I know it's the bloody buzzword that's cliched about, mm. then you really will win it. And the fact you know Torquay have dropped off, Sutton are there now, Hartlepool are there now, two teams, you know, that we've got positive results against this season. It shows that anyone can beat anyone. There's another cliche for you to check off your bingo card. Yeah, but lovely. It really is an opening and you've got to say now that for Wrexham a top three finish is within the realms of possibility I mean it's right there I think to answer your question I would give Dean probably a seven you know and you know that I'm very critical as a fan but I think you can't argue when you put the facts out there you know last season was disastrous um you know make no bones about it that's not being hyperbolic that's just but one it, bad season doesn't make you a, a bad manager person. No, it does doesn't. It? And I think as well, you know, people think we've been flush with cash, but at the start of the season, the, the takeover wasn't wasn't a thing. Um, so you know, he has shored us up again. You know, when he was here the first time, we classically, you know, we beat the clean sheet record and we were grinding out these one no wins. So he knows how to set up a team. Um, and you know, we, he's just trying to keep us ticking over. But the, the issue is, I'm just still not sure. What the fan base? I think a lot of the fan base are willing to eat humble pie when it comes to Dean, but do they deep down really believe in him? I don't think they do, honestly. Mm, no, I, I agree with that. Like I said, and you know, it was again the case after the game last night. Always was sort of saying, you know, fair play to Keats. Look at the wider picture. He's, d- he's done a good job. If you if you look at it over the over the twelve months, maybe as as how far we've come. But even if we were to go up, did you see progress under Keats? Which is another thing, and you probably don't. And you know, there's been lots of those. Um, sort of managerial changes in the past, you know, where a team has sort of solidity and safety under a manager and then they get rid of him and it's seen as, why have you got rid of him? And if Keats took us up, there would be an argument to say, okay, you've done your job, you've done your purpose. I mean, I think from a professional point of view, you've got to then give him some time in that hypothetical world if we were to go up to to build a team for the Football League. But it's whether you see the long-term progress under him and fair play to him. He's almost turning into a specialist, like, manager who comes in and can steady a sinking ship and then if he's got two free transfer windows, he can really overhaul the squad. And, of course, at lower league level, you get more freedom in doing that because most of your players get released anyway if you want to. But we saw it the first time Keats came in. We've seen it again. When he comes in, he can ruthlessly cut apart a squad and build a new one. Mm. And, you know, we've been unfortunate for a number of reasons this season. We've not had Leighton for a, for a long period. We've not had Pearson. We've struggled for consistency in our lineups all the time. We've not really known what system we want to make. But now that we've got that, it is starting to get better. 
But, you know, even after the win against Barnet, it still was pretty bloody unwatchable. And I think when fans get back in the stadium as well, and we've got people you know, like the Kairas, people will be saying, OK, it's maybe more effective, but there will come a point where fans need to be entertained as well. But at the moment, we're so yeah, deprived yeah, of glory winning. or success that I'll take it any way it comes. We just, just take- I, I'm a... I'm of the belief it's just win at all costs. You know what I mean? I get that we want to be entertained, and you know, I'm, my, I watched with my housemate watching it in the kitchen while I was cooking, and uh, I mean, he found it. You know, as an Arsenal fan and used to Premier League football, I mean, Arsenal, uh, you know, should have got him used to disappointment, but clearly not. Um, and he watched it, and he just couldn't believe, you know, kind of how dry the game was until that Luke Young goal on, on Tuesday night. But I think with Dean. Maybe we need to call him the steady one. You know, everyone's the something one. So maybe he's the steady one or the ruthless one, whatever you want, Rich. I quite like the steady one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, in, in the words of Dean Keats, yeah, look. But um, look, I, mean, I, can't, yeah, I, can't, look. I can't do a Walter accent, which is maybe uh, no, a no, big gap in my repertoire. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think he does deserve credit for that aspect of what he does. And at the moment, it, it just does that style fit the club. And the fact that the league's there for the taking, you probably say maybe not. But that doesn't mean he shouldn't have been appointed in the first place. And that's probably another conversation for another day, maybe a week when we don't have a game or whatever. But, um, you know, he's come and he's steadied the ship, he's done that. And the fact he's taken us from as low as we were last season to as high as we are now, and the fact that I'm being stupid and dreaming about promotion, you know, fair play to him. You've got to give him credit for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, my money would probably still be with Stockport. Um, as, as to go up, I, I had them at the start, and I'll, you know, cynically, I'll still stick with them. But again, I think I make these predictions and hope that Wrexham prove me wrong, and I look very silly, and yeah. I can come on a podcast and you know, I eat think, a very I think large the most annoying thing about Stockport though is that we're basically their feeder club. We you are. Look, you yeah, just that's... look through the whole squad again. They've got like Alex Reed, they've got the Jennings brothers. It's like Rooney. That, yeah, that should be yeah. us, but yeah. Who knows? I mean, but who knows, Rich? In your in your kind of uh, world, we're winning the league. So I mean, hey, you know. everyone can dream. Okay, everyone can dream. Who knows about that? <laughs> but yeah, that's the two games talked about. Like I said, we've got one this weekend as well. It's Weymouth, which should be interesting. Um, you know, it's another game where we're going to have to be heavy favourites, and I guess maybe that's another aspect which we don't always take under Keats. It's maybe. We don't always play to being favourites. We quite often like to be upsetting the odds under Keats, whereas maybe yeah. when when the pressure's on us to actually deliver, we don't always do that. I think you've got, we've got to be careful as well because you know Weymouth did give us an almighty scare down down at there. Never in you doubt. Know, it took. It took uh, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, that was a. I mean, that was just. I didn't actually watch that game, but I listened to it. I mean, that was just horrendous for my blood pressure. I mean, it was just kind of such a helter skelter game. Pearson went back in at that freak whole Johnson cross. You know, did he mean it or did he not? Just helter skelter. But what they have shown is that they can score against us. You know, different team, different form at that point, but they can still score against us. They'll know that. They won't be scared of coming to the race course. Um, so we just need to try and build on the momentum. You know, that's the problem with us. I don't want it to be one step forward and then two steps back. Every result now feels significant while get teams around us. Racking up postponements and, and we're just putting points on the board. I think I'd rather have points on the board in, in a season where we, you know, we don't know when all these games are going to get played out. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the Notts County one's been rearranged now as well. That was originally meant to be on TV. That's I think that's May now. That one's been been 
penciled in for but like you said i'd rather just get the games played now we know what we've got and then the challenge for someone else to come come in and take that maybe and the pressure's on them and i'd always rather us be you know eased of the pressure where possible because who knows but i guess another positive you've got to talk about maybe is the fact that you know it's, it's successive clean sheets now as well and particularly against Sutton I was quite impressed with how much we did restrict them I know they had that chance in the first half was it the captain Eastmond and then they had the header right at the end which I thought Dibble anticipated superbly and made it look like a very simple save and that was all down to his positioning and okay it was a bit of a crap header but fair play to him for, for actually doing that and again you know that, that's what we had under Keats you know originally we had that incredible sort of clean sheet record and stuff and you know you can get that solidity where when the back four and I guess it's the back five now you've got to consider them when they just feel like they aren't going to concede goals and that's maybe starting to build up again yeah I mean look uh, yeah the old the old cliche in any sport is that you know defense will win championships will win titles um I think we've found that we've maybe taken that to an extreme in the past and you also need goals but you know a solid foundation you know that's what we need and that's what Keats will always give you I think he'll always give you a kind of suffocating style whereby you often can keep clean sheets you don't look like you're going to score yourself but you know you will suck the life out of a game to the point where you end up getting a point and then you know the difficulty for us is can we flip that switch can we go from second to fifth gear when you know we're at home we're against a team that's in poor form can we flip it on like a switch and some we've proven we can we've proven we can't it just depends I mean a lot of it with Wrexham is which Wrexham side's going to turn up and that's always the worry I think whenever I tune in yeah I guess one of the maybe advantages we've got this season is that there is clear attacking sort of creativity in the squad you know we always say we need a num- we need a scorer who's going to get us the goals and we need someone who's going to actually put the ball into the box we were sick of just seeing just bad crosses and bad deliveries and just uncreative just no just we were too risk averse in midfield in the past and yeah we had some good players who who maybe they, what they do is they get the ball in midfield and then they play a diagonal pass out to the wing and fans would be like he's good but there would never be any end product there'd never be that killer pass but I think we have got that now it's just we just don't always have the sort of the formula or the setup to utilize it but the fact that you can start Durrell and then you've got Jarvis on the bench you know, that's that's a bloody good luxury to have. And I think it is something which can help us in the latter stage of the season turn some of those gritty, narrow nil-nils into one-nil wins instead. So, you know, I'm, I am happy with, with the fact we've got those sort of players now. Oh, definitely. Um, Rich, are we ready for a blast from the past? Or is the option, or do you want to tease what we've got coming up? Uh, I think while we're here, maybe tease uh, a podcast we've got Nathan, coming up. Yeah. I mean, you can you can sort of take the handle of this one if you want, Nathan. Like, I mean, like we said here on the Red, uh, the, the sorry, the Ryan Rob Red podcast, which is a tongue twister sometimes. But Rob so Ryan can, Redrich, come on, you'll get you'll get there. Eventually. I will get there in the end. Uh, we have got a Twitter Rob account, Ryan Red, yeah. By the way, Twitter account email. We're we're, we're developing with the times, so you yeah. can get in touch with us. Um, we'll be putting out lots of kind of. Uh, content through those channels Spotify has obviously been really well supported so thank you to everyone who's listened and, and gave us feedback and commented it's uh, much appreciated and we're in something of a podcast boom with Wrexham at the minute we're, we're drowning in Wrexham content Rich it's a luxury so, um, to have isn't it and I hope I that you know no, it's good for the fans great for yeah, the fans I think exactly and you know there's no reason why they can't all coexist and you know you can have your favourites you can not listen to others do whatever you want just you know 
Just be nice, everyone. We're all in it for the same reasons. Nice. We love Rexford, that's and that's all that matters. Exactly. Be and... nice, be supportive. There's lots of great people out there making this content. But coming up for us, something very special. Me and Rich are very excited that we have a FA Trophy winner from that Grimsby game uh, joining us on the pod, Adrian Chislevich. Yeah, and he'll he... be talking through his career at Wrexham, joining from Man City, coming over from Poland and, and getting to grips with non-league. And I think he'll be really interesting, Rich. Lots that I'm keen to ask him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you know the two Brighton games in the FA Cup, the FA Trophy success. What was Maybe really like? What what would have happened yeah. if Obank hadn't left? You know, yeah, what so was what was you know came in under Saunders, played under yeah. Morel. I'd just be really interested to know what it was like and and whether you know, he like, saw Keats being a manager back then. You know, I mean, yeah, you know what it, what it's like at all. You know, just kind of playing with kind of characters like the Beast. Just what's it like in the dressing room? That's what we're always keen to know. And, and you know, Brighton, as I've said to you many a time, you probably got bored of me saying it. That away game at the Amex was just my, one of my favourite days. Following everything about the day. You know, getting up at the crack of dawn, leaving Wrexham, going on the longest bus journey I think of my life, All ending worth up at the it. Amex. Yeah, I mean, coming back, I felt like we'd won the league. It was just absolutely the bus was just bouncing, and surprised to manage to keep it on uh, the four wheels. To be honest, um, yeah. it was it was a great day. Yeah, and of course, Adrian's not the only one we've got organised. We've got some other exciting former players in the pipeline as well which we'll be bringing you over the, over the few weeks and like exciting times rich exciting times lots of people coming on yeah exactly and that's how we want to do and want to carry on doing these weekly podcasts where we look back at the games and maybe just get things off our chest and then have a bit more of a, a feature sort of length podcast with an interview of a former player and when we can get them maybe organized a bit better we can get your questions involved as well but we hope you enjoy that definitely but like i said keep your eyes peeled for that one that will be with you hopefully in time for the weekend but uh, Nathan you know there is that other feature the blast from the Wrexham past we're speaking about a Wrexham player that we all remember now it's time for one that I probably won't Rich don't doubt yourself you know this one is I've, I've made it slightly easier I've tried to dial it down I mean some of the messages I was getting from last week you'd really delve deep into the barrel I was impressed I was actually very impressed with kind of how niche you'd gone with it there but I'm going to go with our first clue here he is a Yorkshireman that began his career with Barnsley. Okay, so he began his career with Barnsley. He is now playing, he's still playing for Blythe Spartans. So there you go, so that's where he started. Classic FA Cup Tyrex and Blythe as well, isn't it? So that's Blythe, nice. yeah, Blythe. He um, is 5 foot 11, so pretty tall I, I do know every former Wrexham player by you height do. You do. which, you is, which is a things. really good that would be my mastermind <laughs> subject okay so he was signed under Gary Mills I think I already know um, when you said Yorkshireman you know okay do you want to have a guess no carry on carry on your guess because okay, you need to tease get, it out um, to the listeners as well okay cool okay okay, okay. Um, so he plays in midfield yeah and you think you've got it I'll give well, you one more. He joined Wrexham for a very short period. He joined from Torquay United. Yeah, I think I know. And, you know, in a week where we where we beat Barnet, it's a man with a great Barnet himself, isn't it? It is indeed. I mean, yeah. Mr. I mean, Simon Heslop. Mr. Simon Heslop, yeah. And I thought he was pretty decent when he came in. but I liked yeah. Heslop a lot. Yeah. yeah. I liked Heslop a lot. And did he go with Gary to York City as well? 
Afterwards. Yeah, he went. He went to York. Yeah, he went to York. I mean, that's his hometown club, obviously. Yeah. Um. So there was a what lot of emotion I mean, there. I, I can't say I want to go to a new stadium much. I must no, say that. I mean, I actually never made it to to present. present. Did you not Booth go present, for that yeah. memorable uh, weekend? Sadly not, Rich. No, sadly not. I didn't make it, and I'm really disappointed that I I never made it. And obviously, there's not going to be a chance to to have a good go from Crescent. Um, what an away day that was um so yeah jordan white scored leo smith scored oh, jordan white i was actually reminiscing about jordan white to a friend of mine who works at the mail in scotland after he scored against celtic to all but end you know their kind of very faint title yeah, hopes it, it was a jordan white brace that day at booth and crescent jordan white and then leo at smith at the end yeah yeah, it was absolutely freak what happened to Jordan White. I mean, I, I had huge expectations for him, and he just was never able to stay fit. He had obviously the his illness, health problems, yeah. and yeah, yeah, just real, real shame for him because really good player in there. Yeah, and his just dad used to come watch him like almost. You know, his dad was always there by my side. He had a really good sort of family set up behind him as well, and that was like when I when I was quite involved with the club myself. And yeah, he was such a nice guy, Jordan White. It just didn't work out, and it's a real shame because you know. We, it's another one for your checklist. We talk about that, that 30, 40 goal season striker, and I think he probably was it. I just don't think luck fell his way. I think he really did have everything we needed and the attributes to, to succeed there, but yeah, it just, just didn't work out, and who knows what might have happened if things had gone a different way for him. But, you know, Ricks and fans will remember him fondly. He's a really nice lad, and yeah. Okay, on a happier note, Rich, because that was slightly sombre of me to bring up, what do we think for Weymouth? What are we predicting? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with a two-nil home win. Yeah, um, God, I, I, I mean, the whole podcast I've been really positive. So if I just flip the switch and go negative now, it might it might wreck it a bit. But yeah, I'm going to go for similar to the Wildstone. Wild Wildstone. Who cares? I don't care anymore. Um, yeah, whatever that they are. I'm going for a similar game to that. Um, I think we'll win. I don't think we'll make it easy for ourselves. I'm not saying we're going to go behind per se, but I do think it'll be a game decided maybe just by one goal i'd probably go two on wrexham um, okay but you just you you like you said you just don't know what's going to turn up but oh, i think have no idea the fact if we were to go into a game like that and actually win comfortably then i think that would almost be one of the best results this season just because what it signifies that we really have turned that corner of of beating a team comfortably when we should do so um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but i'd expect a wrexham win doesn't mean it's going to happen no, fingers crossed. So, yeah, just a final uh, note to say thanks you know, to everyone who's listening. Please do share, get in touch with us. We're trying to catch ourselves up. You know, it's been a bit of a whirlwind to get to get the pod off the ground. Um, you know, lots of nice nice comments, nice feedback. So, yeah, do get in touch. Do give us some suggestions. Rich is next up with his blast from the race course past. So, you know, send him any messages of people that you think would be very difficult for me to guess. That's a lot of players. Um, but, yeah, lots of exciting content coming, lots of great interviews. So, do subscribe, do follow on Spotify. It's all very much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Got to echo what you said, the Nath. And just maybe a heads up. So the the at on Twitter is at Rob Ryan Red. There's an email address as well, which Nathan will hopefully be able to. Remember. That is Rob Ryan Re- Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com, Rich. Yeah. So Rob Ryan Red. Rob Ryan Red. Okay, it's like a channel. There you go. You'll get it. 
I don't think we'll have it going around the race course, but uh, yeah, like I said, we are trying to build it. We're trying to get a bit more professional. We might even add a jingle or two here and there, but um, the main thing is just the content. We want to try to bring you some analysis, something a bit different um, to what we do. Maybe, who knows? Like I said, we'll see where it goes. But like I said, thank you very much for the support. Please do leave a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, because that is the best way to help us, really. And yeah, thank you very much for listening once again. It's been a good week for Wrexham fans. Thank you very much, Nath, for, for joining me. No worries. Catch you soon, Rich. Yeah, and like I said, we'll be back hopefully later in the week with this interview with Adrian Chislovich, and we will look ahead to that Weymouth game as well. We'll be back for a proper podcast next week. So thank you very much for listening. Please do take care. Please subscribe as well. That's our last bag for today. And yeah, take care wherever you are. Just stay Wrexham. You know, keep the faith. We'll be there one day. We don't know how long it'll take, but we'll be with you every step of the journey. See you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.